Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Well, good late afternoon to everyone here. How are you tonight? Well, bless you for being here and uh, being here on a beautiful day. I would like to just start by asking how many of you were in first service this morning. Just raise your hand. Okay, good, good many. How about second service? How many of you are second? So in first service this morning, we had a time, as was just said here, of we paused a minute and the Holy Spirit just did a, a good work among us. People coming forward, people online. I know Daniel was talking with people online who confessing their sins to the Lord, growing in their relationship with Him. That's why we do this thing called church, is to come together and worship and, and confess our sins to the Lord and to each other. And as, as that time was happening, um, you know, I was on stage, as I am right now, and in those moments, I'm just praying for the Lord's direction. And I appreciate, I'm sure many of you committed believers in the Lord who would come on a Sunday night to worship like this. I know you were praying too, so... I just think it's important this morning, uh, this evening, as we think about this morning, to pray that the Lord continues to do His work there. Uh, I got a text from a friend of mine, literally who's out of state. I didn't, he was here this morning, just happened to come to the service, and he texted me after first service and said, hey, you know, bless the Lord for that service. But he said, I'm getting to practice humility in the car right now on the way home from church. <laughs> and I know there are things there that he's praying the Lord will give him guidance on. I know some specific things he's dealing with. And so I was thinking about those who might have come this morning as first-time guests. I mean, they literally don't go to church. Can you imagine what they were thinking? I'm sure they were going, okay, this is different. And so we got to pray that the Lord will use that moment to speak into their lives, that they sense something in their spirit. The Creator who made them did something in their heart that they won't be able to get away from. And we don't know the continuing effects of that, but let's just pray and ask the Lord to bless that. So, Lord, I'm just going to pause right here as we begin our service tonight and ask your blessing over all we've experienced today. We, we pray that the Holy Spirit would come and anoint us and guide our lives. And so when you do, we are just so grateful. We know you come and you're here when we're gathered together. And so tonight, let your presence just flow over us. And take what you did, Lord, this morning in the hearts and lives of people and let it be multiplied. Let there be people even in the days ahead who come to know you through that service. And we just give it all to you. We submit it to you. It is yours anyway. And so we recognize your power tonight and we pray your blessing over it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So preparing for Sunday night, I, I know that who's coming wants to hear the word of the Lord. And I know that in your coming, you're wanting just to receive some good godly teaching. What I want to do, though, tonight, I'm going to double dip on you a little bit. Uh, those of you who are in second service, I'll go ahead and apologize to you. But if you weren't in second service, I really would like to share with you the five takeaways I had from the story of David and Goliath this morning. And so I want to take a moment and double dip, if you will, and share those five points that I shared to close out the message, especially in second service. And then I want to go on to Philippians chapter 2 and show you some balances and differences between what God's Word says and what the world's message to us is on a regular basis. And to me, right now as a preacher and as a minister of the gospel, I'm feeling more and more compelled to bring these thoughts to you because the world just isn't there, isn't doing it. 
And, and we need to make sure that the messages we're putting in our hearts when we're at church, the messages Pastor Daniel and Pastor Dwayne are preaching, just let them permeate your life because you're going to need it in this world. And so tonight, I want to just do that if you'll allow me. If you don't mind, I'd like to share the five points that I call five takeaways from the story of David and Goliath that I think fits our lives. And I'll just read through them. I'll share a couple of thoughts. But I wanted you to be able to hear them if you don't mind. The first one was this. Wherever God has you today, be humble right there. Um, David was incredibly humble as a shepherd boy. God, God saw that about David. God looked down and saw, man, that kid is just content where I have him right now. Here's a big thing about contentment. And wherever God has placed you right now in ministry, in his work, for him, even in your job, whatever it is, where you are right now, seek to be content and peaceful in that place. Because when you find contentment where the Lord has you today, it's a beautiful thing. Yet yesterday, I, was, I pumped some gas, paid way too much for it, and, then, and I went into the checkout, and the young man who helped me in there, I came back out to the car, and I said to Jane, that kid literally cannot stand his job. He was, I said, how you doing? All right. Well, here, here, here's a little something for you. Thanks a lot. Hope your day gets better. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought, man, that's a long day. You know, it's kind of like when you were in second grade and you'd look up at the clock and you go, oh, I've got six more hours here. I mean, it's just like it just time did not move. And I thought about that kid going, he's not content there. He's very dissatisfied with that job. I don't even know if he's still working there today. He didn't look like he's going to make it long. And sometimes I think uh, in our walk with the Lord, we always are thinking, man, I should be doing more than I'm doing for him. He, he should use me over. I would be really good. I can't believe that person got that position. David could have done that. But he chose to say, God has me here for a purpose. And I just really speak tonight to you and ask you, are you able to be content where he has you today? The more you can do that, the more powerfully, I believe, God can use your life because you're not trying to get somewhere. Second little point from this morning was this. Make sure your life story is about God and not about you. Make sure your life story is about God and not about you. In other words, when your life ends, let me just say it this way. Make it really easy for the pastor. I do funerals. Uh, I've had to do funerals. I'm sure Daniel can attest to this for himself too. I've had to do funerals of people that I think to myself, what am I going to say here? I've even done funerals and uh, I, had, I was thinking about this this week. I actually spoke to someone about this week several years ago. I did a funeral and my mom always said, find anything you can find good about that person and say it. And, and I knew this dude, man, that dude, he could whistle good. I focused on his whistling ability. It, I, I couldn't really say humble, kind, generous. No. Your life story, if it's about you, the pastor's got a really tough job at the end of your life. Um, 
about three weeks ago, I was sitting in an office room and there was a gentleman in the room who I, I really respect him. I did before that meeting was over. I did not because he became very selfish in the meeting. Started saying very rude comments. Started putting people down. And, and this dude is a little older. And I remember as he walked away from the office, it was in my office, he left the office and I remember thinking, man, don't do that, Dan, as you get old. Don't do that. Let me, let me tell you what it is when a person's selfish. It's, it's ugly. It's just ugly. And I even found myself going, wow. And this is terrible to say, but I found myself going, when that guy passes, I'm going to have different thoughts than I would have had a week ago. And it comes down to our individual lives as to whether or not we're going to give God the glory for the things that happen. If I start making, I am 61. If I start today making life all about me, I will ruin all reputation that I've had trying to serve Jesus throughout my life. You can lose it just like that. And as I said this morning, David got to a place in his life. I can go read you the passage. He started thinking about himself. He looked out there and he saw something he wanted. And his life started going downhill. And he had to, again, find his path back to the Lord. And today, if you're sitting here and you're saying, I'm doing good. I'm a good example. I, I, I've tried to be humble and kind. That's great. It can be lost. It can be lost. This gentleman um, that I was telling you about in my office is really interesting. I went to another gentleman's office. A couple of days later, I walked in the office and the guy said to me, this guy looked at me and said to me, I cannot believe how since that meeting, my view of this person has gone from here to here. All it took was one meeting. Because selfishness and pride and ego caught on fire. And I want to just tell you, finish your life strong in this area. Seek to be humble and kind. You know, I remember when I was probably 40 and 50 and now getting into my 60s, a gentleman came to me much older. He just passed away this year. And he said to me, Dan, bring people around you who are better, smarter, wiser. Pass the ministry off to them. Finish well. That's what he said. That's great advice. And I've been working to do that because I want to leave a, it's not about me message to those who come behind me. And that takes effort. That takes energy. But I believe as we do that, we learn what humility is because it's not about us. I, I can't believe it. I, I like snap my fingers. I mean, it, it seems like a couple years ago. I was 30 years old, man. I know you're getting old when you start saying this stuff. But It does. And it won't be long that time will pass and I'll be gone and someone else will take my place. And, and as they do, cheer for them. I want to make an impact for the Lord because it's not our name that will be remembered. It's the name of Jesus. So live with that humility and make sure your life story at the end, the pastor says, this dude, this lady, this person, they brought glory to the name of Jesus. That's the best thing to be said about you. And if that's said, it's a beautiful reputation to live to your kids. I mean, I want my grandkids. 
I want my grandkids to, to look at my casket or however they bury me, whatever they do. I want them to look and go, ah, you left a good example. You know, I'd, th- there's a new thing I've been doing um, when I do a funeral. You know, we get these beautiful caskets you pay $89 million for. And, and, and as you go up to them, I've been giving markers to little kids. I've been giving black permanent markers to a little kid. And I'll say to him, hey, go write something about your grandpa on the side of that casket. Write, write what your grandma meant to you. Write it on the side of that casket. And I can see someday when I pass, I bet my grandkids, they'll hand him a marker. And I want them to write, he loved the Lord. He was a good papa. I, I don't want them to have to go find a little corner and say, I don't want to say it. I don't want them to have that. You know, <laughs> this is a dangerous thing to do, by the way, I'll tell you that, because uh, I did it a while back and there was a dude just went off on somebody. It was just unbelievable. It really did. And I was going, whoa, this is bad. But it's because of the reputation. And I want to tell you that our life is not about this life. And as, as soon as you figure that out, you got to keep living that way. The lost people of this world don't understand this message. This message of humility makes no sense to them. They would listen to this tonight and go, how foolish. you got to promote yourself. And we say, that's not what God's word teaches. A third thing, uh, don't allow people, especially family members, to distract you from your purpose. This is really big. I said this morning in second service, and I want to tell you in first service you weren't there so let me just tell you the reason I wrote this is because David got to the battle line and his older brother Eliab said to him why are you here he started ripping on him why are you here why aren't you watching your and he used the word few why aren't you out watching your few sheep put him down and then he said you know how we all know you're conceited he said that about David David was not conceited So sitting in this room today, there are probably some of you who um, one of your biggest distractions is family members. And I want to read to you something. I just pulled it up on my phone here to read to you. It's from the book of Luke, chapter 14, verse 25. Listen to this. Listen to what Jesus said, because I have to think when Jesus said this out loud, people around him went, what? Jesus said, many people are traveling with him. And he said to them, if you come to me but will not leave your family, you cannot be my follower. You must love me more than your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers, your sisters, even more than your own life. I guarantee you that there were people that said, that's confusing. And I want to say to him, Jesus, you did not live in West Michigan (laughs) because here it's family, family, family. Then God. And I want to tell you that's wrong. God has to be supreme above your family, above your parents, above everything else. And when that family distracts you from the purpose God has for your life, you have to turn and say, just like David did. David turned to somebody else and said, okay, they're not helping me. Can you help me? You say, but you got to love and honor your parents. Um, I loved and honored my parents. And I moved to Michigan. My dad didn't want me to. My mother was a godly lady, and she knew why I was doing it. If I had not moved to Michigan, I would have disobeyed what the Lord's calling was on my life. I would have made my dad happy, but I would not have been obedient to the Lord God Almighty. There would be no organization called Winning at Home. 
So sometimes you've got to look at your parents and you've got to say to them, I have to fulfill the calling God's put on my heart. When my son moved to the inner city of Philadelphia, Camden, New Jersey to be specific, we drove there. His mother could hardly sleep, my wife could hardly sleep when we drove away from the house he was going to live in. Because she said, how, how can he even live there? The place is a dump. He's going to get killed. And I said to her, he's obeying the Lord. It's the safest spot in the world for him. If he dies obeying the Lord, <laughs> how sweet heaven's going to be. So I said, do not worry about him. Give him to Jesus. And I'll tell you, I remember my son. And I did that partly because my dad held on to me. I passed my son off to the Lord. And I remember him telling me, Dad... They gave me some of the greatest peace to go do ministry because you were cheering for me and not trying to hold me back. And I just want to say to you today, um, make sure you're cheering for your family members who are seeking to follow after Jesus. You say, well, I need to give them some guidance. No problem. I understand that. I'm, I'm obviously balanced with this. But do not allow your family to distract you from the purpose God has you on the earth for. And that happens a lot in West Michigan. And I'm just telling you, you fulfill God's purposes for you over anything else. Because in the end, that's all that will matter. Everything you attain, everything you accomplish, everything you pull together, put it in a big old pile. And at the end of your life, it'll just be a big old pile. But obedience to the Lord will rise you to the next level. So I just challenge you. To make sure you take that away from, from that story of David and Goliath. The fourth thing I wrote down is this. Uh, stop seeing man-made accomplishments and accolades as the pinnacle of life. We live in a world that loves awards. Just about every Sunday night feels like there's an award show. The Oscars, the Emmys, whatever. And they even, even take pictures of them walking out. And I just go, really? These are actors and actresses. They're not even real stuff. And we're, oh, they're so amazing. And I get they're talented, sure. But those are human accolades. There's not an Oscar award you're going to hold in your hand at the end of your life and go, this will get me in. No. Only the blood of Jesus. And so let's make sure in that world we keep balancing this. Because I like it. We like it. When we get some recognition for something, it's cool. You write a book and people go, that was a good one. Great. You accomplish something at work. You're the employee of the month. Woohoo! That's awesome. Take your ice cream. But don't get caught up in it because it passes. And I just really encourage you to make sure, um, as David did, he did not see. There was nothing that King Saul brought to him. He said, David, you need this. David, you need. Oh, David, I knight you. David, David. David's like, I'm good. I got it. Because I do not go at him with sword and shield. I go at him in the name of the Lord God Almighty. That is worth carrying. That name. That's what takes us to the next level. I believe in the years ahead. Okay? I believe in years ahead. What's going to get me through whatever this world's going to throw at me is the name of the Lord God Almighty. Talents, abilities, accolades, somebody cheering for me. Nope. That might encourage me. But it will not be what gets me through. Number five, life is a breeding ground for opportunities of humility. 
Life is a breeding ground for opportunities of humility. You will leave here tonight and have a shot at being more humble. It's just true. Happens all the time. And I wrote these three things down. Few find this path desirable. I've been thinking about this a lot. Why is humility so hard? Why, why is it just so much natural for us to be selfish? Because it feels better. It's easier. It's about me. I need fairness. I like when things are fair. And I look around and I see people who, have, they have more than me and they didn't do anything. They were just born into it. That's not fair. How quick can we go there? How quick does our world go there? And, and this is what, if, nothing's going to fix that. It's called humanity. As long as we're on this earth, there's going to be unfairness. And I need to make sure I understand few will choose this path. Watch this. Few will, will find the path and even fewer will choose the path. So like tonight, this whole group, what is there, a hundred of us here, I'm telling you, there's a path, it's kind of narrow, it's a path of humility, it's a path of selflessness, and everybody goes, yep, I see it. But how many of us will actually go, and I'll take that path? Some of you go, that's a nice path. Look, I'm glad he took that. I'm really glad he took it. He needed it. <laughs> but I'm good. I don't like the path of humility. It was really funny. Yesterday, something happened in my home. And I had to be really humble. And I'm sitting there the whole time that I'm doing it going, I do not want to do this. And it was like, but this is good sermon prep. Because <laughs> I'm going to go talk tomorrow to people who need to be humble. And I had, to, I had to go over. I looked at the path and I said, yeah, I got to do that. It requires submission. It requires quietness it requires self-control and the word of god says against such things there is no law in other words you control yourself and so few find the path desirable fewer take the path but watch this if you take this path if you walk down this path of humility the word of god says god will exalt you now, we might go, well, what does that look like? Mm -mm, just do it. Watch the peace he puts in here. That the, somebody here, that first part when I said, be content where you are, you go, I can't, I, I don't know how to do that. Take this path. Start walking down it. Take a few steps and see if in here, you know, a month down the road, two months down the road, five years down the road, you're going to go, I'm more peaceful. I, I'm content. God, God's word rings true. And if you take that humble path, he says he will exalt you. That's why this morning, I mean, we did it in first service, second service, we didn't sing the song. But in first service, we sang Jesus, Jesus. Well, there's no other name that we sing like that. And there's a reason, because Jesus took the path. And it led him literally to death. That's why we sing his name. Because God said, son, I see you, and I'm going to exalt your name. They'll be singing your names for thousands upon thousands upon thousands, and in eternity, millions of years. Because you chose the path. And Philippians 2 tells us what he did. Your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus. 
who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Watch this. He made himself nothing. Now, I want you to notice it doesn't say he was nothing. It doesn't say that. He made himself nothing. Jesus had all power in the world. That's why Satan took him up on the hill after fasting 40 days and looked down and said, you, you can do this. And Jesus went, I'm good. But Jesus, look what you can do over here. I told you I'm good. I got a third one for you. I told you I have made myself nothing. I'm good. It's why we sing his name. Because no one else has ever pulled this off. I will leave here and I'll try to be humble, but I'll struggle and fail. Jesus never missed it. So we sing Jesus, Jesus on purpose. Because there's no other name that's ever done this. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's humility. That's what it was all about. So in the world we live in, there's this going back and forth. And you have to make a choice. Are you going to follow God's word? Or are you going to follow the ways of the world? God's word says in that same passage, do nothing out of selfish ambition. The world says, live with selfish ambition. Live with pride. Live with arrogance. Oh, oh, they won't come out and just, but they're pushing it all the time. Think about yourself. Think about what you need to stand for. Think about what you need. And over here, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Dan Seaborn cannot preach and in his mind have, oh man, I hope that means they'll give me another opportunity to preach here. Nothing is about me. I am standing up here tonight. I am to preach the word of God. I am to share it. And if this is it, then I need to be good with it. If he chooses to give me another opportunity, that's up to him. But it's not about me. That's had to change in me. That's something I had to work on. Dan Seaborn early on, I had selfish ambition. I would speak at places and go, man, I hope that opens the door to speak at this place or that place or the other place. It's just the nature of mankind. And you go, I don't relate to you. Bless you, you're more holy. In my, in my area of work, this is what I would think. And then people would say, oh, you should do this. Messes with your head, man. See, success can be very destructive. It can destroy all humility in you. You can start out with the best of ambitions. And you say, well, tell me a story about that. David, this humble little kid, goes out with a sling. What? And kills great big Goliath. He's walking around with that head. And what happened? He got back to his home area. And what started happening? The girls started singing. The girls started singing. David, I love me some David. And he heard it and he went, oh, baby. <laughs> and it started to mess with his head. And he's like, wow, what else can I? It's humanity. 
And I was talking with someone this morning. We talked about when your feet get chopped out from under you and you fall flat on your butt and you're down there groveling around, that's where Jesus does his best work on us. Because we're empty of self. And there's a reason God said, so live with selfish ambition. And when you see it creeping in, understand that's the world's way. Get out of that hotbed. Get back over here. So this morning, if you've had some success, or tonight, if you've had some success, I tell you, if this is starting to happen to you, run back to this spot and say, yeah, Jesus, don't let me become selfish. Don't let me finish selfish. Work at it. The world, God's word, I should say, says, have no vain conceit. The world says, vain conceit. Let me read to you what it even means. Having or showing excessive pride in one's appearance or accomplishments. Does that sound like the world to you? Having or showing excessive pride in your world's accomplishments and successes. That's the world. And Jesus says, and God's word says, have nothing to do with that. Come over here and have no vain conceit. You guys realize that our Savior Jesus, like he could walk in a room and somebody didn't have an arm and all of a sudden he could say, I speak an arm and an arm would come. How easy would it for him to have been, somebody take a pic, post that, whoa, never. Not because they didn't have phones because he would have said, no, that's ugly. I just glorified the Father here. It's nothing about me. Think how challenging that would be. To keep that all the time because people ran to get to be near him, crowded around him, just wanted to touch the hem of his garment. And he lived his whole life going, yeah, but it's not about me. How easy would it have been for him to focus on himself? You, you realize he had no material. Do you ever stop and think about how many things Jesus owned? He could have had everything. Well, I tell you what, you give me all your sheep and give me all your uh, equipment there that you have and, and give me all that. And I'll take those three barns and then I'll fix your kid's leg. People would have said, sure. Never used it for his glory. He just healed the kid and let him keep their possessions. And if anything, he walked away from those kind of things. Because he knew the ultimate end of his life. That those possessions didn't matter. Third, we read it. He made himself nothing versus the world says, I am everything. I read that to you last time I came here to preach. A few Sundays back, I read to you the young lady, the Grammy Award winner said, and if I'm God, literally sent it out in a tweet. And if I'm God, then I am everything. And I want to say, you're so confused. You're so lost. You're 20 years old. You have no idea what you're even saying. And Jesus, who knew everything and had all knowledge and all wisdom and all abilities, chose many times just to be quiet. Standing before these kings and these rulers who were mocking him, slapping him, making fun. And what did the Bible say? And he opened not his mouth. Y'all, come on, y'all play along with me. If you had the power he had, 
Would it not have been fun just to say, hey, hey, all y'all, watch this. Boop, I'm turning him into a pillar. I just, just look, look, your king just turned into a solid statue. Worship that if you want to. That's your emptiness. He didn't do that one time. Oh, how many times would I have done it already in my life? Like the other day in that meeting, just that gentleman losing it, like when he's like this, just freezing right there. Make a statue of him, stick it out front. There's your dude. Jesus never did that. Never mocked. Never abused it. <laughs> he chose to be not. I, I guess I want to break this practical and real for you today. What would it look like if you left here tonight? And something right now that's really, really big to you, and you're trying to prove you're right on it, et cetera. What if you left and said, I don't need to win there? I'm going to let that go. I've been practicing this in my life. I've been practicing when I go, Well, I need to. I don't need that. I can decide right now that I don't need that, and I'm okay. And you just lay it down. What's something in your life tonight you need to just say, Jesus, I've, I've been trying to make that about me and hang on to that, and, and I just need to surrender it to you. I need to be done with that. It's a game changer if you get this because then you're content. You're no one can take away that. No one can come up to Jesus and do anything and, and jerk his feet out from under him and go, well, that tripped me up. No, because he'd already pre-decided, you won't jerk my feet out from under me. I'm solid and I'm set. Because he knew it wasn't about him. God's word says, as we've said all day today, live with humility. That's what that whole passage in Philippians 2 about, live with humility. The world's message is live with pridefulness. You guys don't have to work hard to see this. It comes at you 24-7 through all the media. It's all about selfishness and pride. You don't even have to try. I wake up in the morning. One of the first things I do is I just check the news headlines almost every morning now. When I read it, I go, oh, my goodness, we're getting more and more this way. Everything goes this way. So I want you to know that swimming over here is going to be swimming upstream the rest of your life. And the world's coming at you constantly, and there will be many who go, this path isn't worth it. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to go with the flow. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to be a church that gives in to all the cultural nuances and stances. It's a lot easier just to say, we're just going to go along. No, no, no. Jesus went against the current his whole life, and he was exalted above every other name. This is a lonely road. This is a hard and narrow road. Few find it. Even fewer take it. And tonight you have a choice in humility to say, I will leave and I will seek to honor the Lord wherever he has me, even in places I don't like. And then the fifth point is simply what I've already said. When you serve the Lord here, he exalts you. He gives you opportunities. He opens doors for you that you cannot open. He lets you do things that, that you go, how'd that happen? 
Or over here, you exalt yourself and you praise your own name. And, and I, I just would ask you, do you know anyone that toots their own horn or just brags about themselves all their life? Or needs to, every time you tell a story, they got to up your story with something else. I, I know what you feel about that person. I really don't enjoy being around them. It's just kind of, yeah, yeah, nice to see you. But I tell you, I love to be around people who are humble, people who are servants, people whose life is not about them. It's just fun to be around them. They're contagious. It's because of the decision they've made to not make life about themselves. And this is narrow. This is hard. This is challenging. But this is what this day is about. When I came driving here this morning, early, as I was driving, I prayed that at the end of this second message that I was sharing tonight, those who are here would walk and say, I see an area in my life that I need to be more humble so I can become more like Jesus. I don't pick that area for you. You pick that with the Lord looking at your life. I've got some areas I need to work on. And I ask you tonight to consider what has Jesus said to you today? How will this Sunday shape your life a little different in the days to come? That's why we gather. And my prayer is that you will seek what the Lord would have for you tonight. And you will say, Lord, that point of all the 10 points you heard today, whatever, that one was for me. And I'm going to take that and I'm going to apply that. And there's going to be some things different in my life because I was willing to do that. And that's my prayer is that you would take a step of obedience tonight. And that you would walk toward the Lord. And we're going to close out by me praying a blessing over you. And I hope and pray that the Lord has called you to another little level of humility through this day together. So God, I just give you this evening. Thank you again for your presence this morning. And I ask that you would help us to be committed to having a little more humility in these areas where sometimes we struggle. Um, let our life have a little bit of a turn here. We see the path. Now help us to take the path. And watch over us and guide us through it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day and we will see you again soon.